I'm Mark Peterson, and this is the FEMA Podcast. September is National Preparedness Month, and each September provides an opportunity for the Department of Homeland Security and the Federal Emergency Management Agency to team up and work together to emphasize the importance of preparedness to the nation. During the month, FEMA encourages the public to take an active role in preparing for threats, emergencies, and all types of disasters, natural or man-made. This year's overall national preparedness theme is Prepared, Not Scared, which reminds us that we all must prepare ourselves and our families to be ready now and throughout the year. Each week, a National Preparedness Month weekly theme will focus on a different aspect of preparedness, including the importance of making an emergency plan, saving early for unexpected costs of disasters, getting involved in community preparedness efforts, and teaching young people to prepare. On today's episode, we'll focus on youth preparedness during a roundtable discussion with a few members of the FEMA team. We'll learn more about the important roles children can play in creating a systematic shift in the culture of preparedness. So September is National Preparedness Month, and the theme for this year is Prepared, Not Scared, which plays in very well to the focus of the third week of September, which is teaching youth to prepare for disasters. And that's a, that's why we've assembled just an amazing group um, from within FEMA. A few people here, Lee Krager, who's the director of the Ready Campaign. Thank Lee. you for having me. Uh, Ali Carlock, who is the National Preparedness Program's branch chief, which oversees and has responsibility for FEMA's youth preparedness programs. Good afternoon. And Laura Lee Koziel, who is, has one of the most unique jobs here in FEMA, I think, uh, the National Advisor on Children in, in Disasters. Thank you for having us. It's wonderful to have all three of you because this is a, a really an important topic uh, to a lot of parents and guardians and teachers uh, around the country about how we prepare our youth for disasters. They can be scary. They can be, um, you know, traumatic events. But it is they we have resources. We have opportunities to really help them through those um, disaster events, which um, unfortunately is a reality. And so um, this year. For National Preparedness Month, we have some interesting things happen happening. Uh, so, Lee, talk to me a little bit about what National Preparedness Month is and why it's in September. Yeah, I think this is the 16th anniversary. Started, of course, after 9-11 in 2001. But it's really the time where we take one month and focus just on preparedness, preparedness efforts. Um, and this year, we're really doing a focus with our, our PSAs, regional and the national PSAs, that are kind of geared, they're cartoonish, they're animation, but they're not really geared towards children. They're geared towards parents and caregivers. But it's safe enough you want your kids, they're able to watch it. And what we found in the focus group, um, everyone just believes that when something occurs, they're going to be with their children. They're going to be able to get to the school. They're going to be able to get to soccer practice. They will be able to to get their child or their child will be with them. Um, when we kind of went through these PSAs, like um, parent after parent's like, well, I just always thought I'd be with my kid if a tornado or an earthquake or a shooting or whatever could occur. So we really are kind of going towards the, if you have the conversations now, 
talk things over with your kids, even if you're separated, let them know what the plan would be. They'll be prepared and they won't be so scared because they won't be so anxious. They will have actually had conversations and thought through um, kind of what to do. But this was really geared towards uh, the older group, those of us who just think we'll be able to jump in and save the day. And we know that we always won't be. So we've got to put ourselves in that situation and think it through and kind of have those conversations with all of our family members. You know, Lee, let's go ahead and listen to the prepared, not scared public service announcement. When you look at the number of disasters in the U.S., chances are every area will deal with some kind of emergency in the next decade. And between school, sports, and social lives, chances are you won't be with your kids when it happens. Will they know what to do? Ready.gov slash kids has the educational tools and information to make the conversation easy. When the time comes, chances are they'll feel prepared, not scared. So talk with your family today. Um, so, Lee, what you're saying is those those PSAs are really geared towards motivating parents or guardians um, to take the steps that they need to help their their kids um, or the their kids become more prepared. Yes, and actually it's also geared as we know what will happen. A child will watch something, be able to repeat it, and then they will bug their parents and teachers and caregivers about it. Talk to me about this until... Um, you know, they get the attention of the adult. And we know that a lot of times kids are the ones who have to just keep pulling on on our pant leg until they get our attention. So it, it's something that's catchy. Um, it's it's cute. We think it'll play well. It did well in, in Spanish and some English markets in different areas of the country to where it's it's actually something that can kind of get stuck in their head a little bit uh, and, and make you kind of go to the website. Go to ready.gov slash kids. We'll be launching that new website later this month with some more interactive features and and it's going to be a safe enough website that you can let your kids just sit there and not have to worry about what they're going to see or their content. And they're actually going to learn something from that content. Uh, you know, one of the things I thought was really interesting about these PSAs is that um, while the PSA itself is sort of focused on the plight of a character, an animated character, um, it's it's inter- intertwined with some realism. Parents who are maybe watching this and, and becoming inspired to take some action um, to be prepared and preparing their family might resonate with some of the historical footage that um, we've included in these PSAs. Yeah, in each area of the country, uh, when we went uh, towards the West, we looked at historically how many earthquakes have occurred in an area, how many tornadoes have occurred in parts of the Midwest, uh, how many flooding disasters have occurred or hurricanes. That way, no matter where someone is, something in that PSA or the regional PSA is just going to kind of stick out to them of, oh, yeah, yeah, this is what we should really look at and, and think about doing. And that's actually the also our focus group showed the one areas where people don't pay attention because it's something you deal with all the time and, and it just kind of falls on deaf ears. So we're trying to refresh memories a little bit with what's happening in those areas. So people really have it, you know, fresh at the forefront and can talk it over with their kids of, yeah, I remember I, I went through this flood and this is what happened. And so this is what we did and we were okay afterward. So, Allie, you know, we've we've highlighted the importance of preparing um, youths for disasters before during National Preparedness Month. This is not a unique theme, uh, but this year it seems like there's a little bit more of an elevated status to it. And I wonder if that's a little bit because of FEMA's strategic plan. Can you talk about the connection between preparing youths for disaster and also um, the building a culture of preparedness? Yeah, absolutely. I'm extremely excited to see that this year we are focusing on um, children as one of our aspects 
prospects for National Preparedness Month. And I think if we want to build a true cultural preparedness, that really means that we're starting with our youth. We are building that generation change here. Um, children drive social change, and this can mean both as they learn themselves, um, and then also they become those influencers. We talked about children see these messages on TV, or they learn about it in school, and then they take it home to their parents, and they start having that conversation. So not only are they positive influencers, but they're also these change agents. And actually, if you look back to a lot of our um, behavior change campaigns, uh, that have been successful over the years. If you think about wearing your seatbelt or brushing your teeth, those were campaigns that were aimed at children. And we do those today out of habit. We don't even think about that. And so part of FEMA's plan to build a cultural preparedness is focusing on that youth so that in the hopes that someday we get to a society where it's not even something we think about to prepare for disasters and everyday emergencies, it's something we naturally do. Yeah. And, you know, we're sort of talking about it right now as something that is, um, uh, we, we, maybe we take it for granted that we want to focus on uh, getting kids prepared for disasters. But, you know, the reality is disasters are scary situations. Um, even for adults, they're scary. So how do we strike the balance between, you know, being real about these disaster scenarios, uh, but also not scaring children uh, in a detrimental way? And maybe this is for Ali and for Laura Lee. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that we're focusing on is actually pivoting the conversation of talking about disasters to talking about everyday emergencies. Because when you talk to parents and you say, what are you going to do for your kids about a tornado or earthquake or an active shooter? It's too scary. And it's often too scary for the child. But if you talk about these everyday scenarios of you're going on a field trip today, what would you do if you get lost from your teacher? These are everyday real scenarios. You can break down the steps and teach them how to be safe and how to get out of a, sick, a sticky situation. And I think if we start um, focusing on what to do in these scenarios that aren't as scary, it kind of takes off some of the anxiety. And then we have, FEMA has built a number of different tools in the educational department to kind of help start that discussion. So if parents aren't um, are feeling a little too overwhelmed about how do I talk about a disaster? We've got a number of really great resources out there that will um, will be available on our website uh, to help with those discussions. I think it's really important to add to the just how important it is to have those conversations with your kids, regardless of how young or how old they are, um, about what is happening, what may happen um, within the near, very near future, and encourage them to talk, encourage them to ask questions. Um, just like adults, they need to know what's happening. They need to have a better feeling um, of, of what to expect. But include them in your preparedness plans. Include them when you're creating family communications plans and building kits and, and all of those sorts of things. I think, I'm sorry, Laura Lee, that you had pointed out when we were really going over the beginning parts of this campaign that you know, being scared isn't always a bad thing. It's okay, and that we can have those conversations. Or if a child says, well, I'm scared about something, you're like, yeah, I'm scared about that too. Right. Let's hope that never happens. But but to let them know it's even okay to be scared. And even in those day-to-day -day situations, when you're separated from your teacher and your field trip, or if you come home and there's you know there's a power outage in your neighborhood, it's, it's okay to be a little scary um, or to be scared. And things are scary sometimes, but... Remember, let's just go back and what did we talk about? Um, and I think that really kind of hit it home that it's, you know, you don't have to be ashamed um, to be afraid. 
but the more prepared you are, yeah, the, it really the more, puts steps yeah. in motion. The more you talk about it and then also the more you practice it, right? So it's not just about talking about the hazard, right. but then it's also about what are you going to do about it and how are they going to act in that situation? I think that's what relieves a lot of the anxiety and fear is if they actually practice. If a fire happens in your house, how do you get out, right? These are simple conversations that we can have that make a really big impact. You know, um, since I've got three experts in the room, I thought maybe I could throw this out there. I'm a parent. I have two little kids. And recently, they have gotten very into the Wizard of Oz. And particularly, they see the tornado scenes and have called them out. And also, you know, we live in the Midwest. And so we've unfortunately seen quite a bit of tornadoes. So when you, you know... They are putting the pieces together. They're seeing it on the movies, and then they're seeing it on the news. And I'm, I'm wondering, what advice do you have for me as I as I um, address their questions about those things? When they say things like, "Well, will those things happen here? Um, will will we ever, you know, be have those storms, you know, come at us?" I think that's a perfect door to start talking about that. Um, and also to reassure them that you will be there to do your very best to make sure that they're protected and the actions that you might take. Um, I think you mentioned your kids were on the younger side. And so there are lots of, Allie um, can talk a little bit more about preparing with Pedro or some of those other resources that we have on ready, um, ready.gov slash kids. Yeah, I think um, that's a really good point. I actually have uh, some younger kids, and I take one of our great products, Prepare with Pedro, which we all love, our our penguin friend. Um, uh, this is a coloring book for kids, an activity book, and it walks you through um, eight different hazards and gives you some pretty simple things um, that kind of walks kids through um, different hazards and steps to keep them safe. But the best thing I love about the book is um, my daughter was saying to me um, a couple months back that she was scared when she heard thunder. And so we went to the book and I said, well, what does Pedro do? And she said, when thunder roars, go indoors and say, okay, so let's go indoors. It's thundering outside. You're scared by that. So then we went back, we looked to the book, we colored, it calmed her down. And so I think some of these educational resources are a great way to start that conversation. So if your kids are having questions after seeing Wizard of Oz, go back to some of these resources, some of the videos that we have, um, and watch it with them and address their fears and let them know it's okay, as Lee said, to be scared. Um, but you will be there to help them prepare and if you're not there in the event of emergency, they can find an adult to help them. You know, when we go about delivering and developing youth preparedness education resources, do we differentiate between younger kids and maybe teenage kids? I think in a way, but one of the things that's primary in all of our resources is the importance of um, knowing your hazards and what to do. And that's the same kind of message that Ready puts out that we do for all adults or young kids. You have to know what kind of hazards you face and what to do, what protective actions you need to take in that situation. So I think that's primarily the base um, for a lot of our educational content. But then it shifts when it gets to older kids, where we focus more on the community aspect and helping your neighbor and how are you getting a part to be a part of the solution. So earlier, Allie had talked a little bit about the anxiety, too, and understanding, you know, when you know what may happen during a disaster, replacing that anxiety with confidence. So in 2010, I think, or I'm sorry, 2004, when the tsunami happened in Thailand, such a great example of that is Tilly Smith. And Tilly had been from the UK. She was vacationing in Thailand with her family. They were at the beach, and she saw the tide going out. 
and recognized, well, I learned about this in my geography class, and I really think a tsunami is about to happen. So she told her parents, they brushed her off, they, they really didn't take her very seriously, and so she started yelling, right? And um, at that point, her dad realized, I, I think she knows what she's talking about. He talked to the manager at the hotel, they pulled everybody off of the beach, and because of what Tilly learned, 10 years old, they saved approximately 100 people from drowning that day. So that's just, that's youth preparedness and Pedro in action. Yeah, I think oftentimes we forget that children are a part of the solution, that this isn't just about taking care of their needs in disaster or recovery, but it's also about teaching them and educating them. And stories like Tilly we hear all the time. We heard, um, you know, Brevin Hunter, who was six years old and got his mom and brother in the basement when a tornado happened. I believe that was in Chicago or somewhere in that area. Uh, we hear these stories all the time, and we really, we've learned that if you give children these simple steps, it can really make all the difference when that unfortunate event happens. Uh, and it's part of the curriculum at school. I mean, the kids are always going through fire drills, and they're regularly exercising severe weather drills, right? So why couldn't they apply that at home as well, right? Um, so over the years, FEMA has extensively engaged um, youth preparedness activities. Um, we do it year-round. So let's talk about a few of those programs. I mean, we already talked about Pedro, um, and but there are some other activities that we've um, we've really invested in. Yeah, actually, one of the ones that we're most excited about is one called Ready to Help. And this is a card game that we actually developed last year. And it's um, going off this notion of kind of pivoting towards emergencies versus disasters, having that conversation of what do you do in an everyday emergency? And so this card game, um, it's, it's aimed at kids around 8 to 12. And they learn through repetition and through doing. And so you have these emergency card scenarios and you have to, it's a card drafting game and you build up different scenarios of how you respond to this disaster. And through that repetition, there's this fun learning environment where they repeat the steps in their head. They play this game where it's not an anxious uh, period. It's very calm. Um, and it's a really great way to engage with kids in a way to talk about an everyday emergency, um, but then also learn some crucial disaster steps. So that's one uh, new product that we're really excited about, again, called Ready to Help. And then um, we also have a really great curriculum for schools, STEP, the Student Tools for Emergency Planning, aimed at fourth and fifth graders. And what I really love about this program is um, if teachers don't have a lot of time in their classroom, we know everybody is really busy, the teachers or even a mom can take the videos that are on FEMA's YouTube channel and just watch them with their kids for a few minutes. It's They're five minutes long, they're very easy, and they answer some of those questions that your child may have had of, well, what is a disaster? What is an emergency? What do I do in a tornado? And so it's a really great way to start that conversation if parents or teachers or guidance counselors don't really feel comfortable in that conversation. Um, so those are some of the programs that we have, some of the educational content. We also have um, our youth council. We can't talk about youth without inviting them to the table, right? There's nothing about them without them. And so FEMA has um, put some of our effort into building a culture of preparedness through our youth by having these councils that really go out into their community. They do really amazing um, projects to, to make their communities more resilient. And there are innovators. They are our change agents that are coming up with solutions to different problems that we send to them. Um, so that's another great way that we're getting sort of that instant feedback from youth themselves about what's working, what messaging is working, and how we 
can better communicate with them. And then earlier, Mark, you had um, asked about older kids. We also have Teen Cert, right? So that's yeah, Teen Cert is another great way to um, our community emergency response teams. You know, we have a lot of those, several thousand of those out in the communities. An even better way is through our Teen Certs to get um, them involved. The, the kids sign up for a Teen Cert, and then all of a sudden mom is driving them to their Cert training, and then they start getting involved, and it kind of gets this family feel. Um, so Teen Certs have been a great way for us to amplify as well. All right, team. So if parents and guardians want to take this opportunity this week as part of National Preparedness Month to um, learn how to get their families prepared and, and help prepare their, their kids, uh, what are some great resources that we have available? Go to ready.gov. That's where you can start. Um, and a lot of people right now are going, yeah, I have an older child. I've got, what do I do? Take a first aid or CPR class. Start with the very basic steps. I would love if every high school kind of let every student take a CPR and first aid class. That's the age when they're really able to take that information in. But go to ready.gov in your community. What other resources are out there? It'll help you find them. So just you can get the ball rolling in that area. And then I'd love to mention, um, we will be launching during National Preparedness Month, um, our ready.gov slash kids mm -hmm. website, which is going to be a comprehensive webpage of all of our youth resources for children and disasters and youth preparedness. It's going to have so many great um, programs and resources. tools available. Did you want to add anything to that, Lee? No, I think uh, a lot of work's gone into it to try to make it really um very whole community for, for everyone, every educator, any person who's dealing with young people in their lives or even, you know, teaching that group, um, working with them. There's there's more there than you could probably ever get through. We've put that much work into, into this website and letting it launch correctly. We welcome your comments and suggestions on this and future episodes. Help us to improve the podcast by rating us and leaving a comment. If you have ideas for future topics, send us an email at fema-podcast at fema.dhs.gov. If you'd like to learn more about this episode or other topics, visit fema.gov slash podcast.